You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are having an amazing week so far and not dying of the heat like I am. It is 105 degrees outside right now. That is just crazy. And that is the high for our area all week. I am done with it. I am absolutely done with it. (laughs) I'm like, we just got back from Philadelphia, right? And I'm like, I want to go back. It was not cool there. They were actually in the middle of like a heat wave of their own, but it was a good 10 to 15 degrees cooler there. So I'll take it, even if it was still in the 90s. (laughs) But yes, we just got back from a trip to CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. This is where we see the leukodystrophy team there. And we've been making that trek multiple times a year from Oklahoma for over six years now. That is just crazy to me to realize. And I could do one of these trips like in my sleep, right? We have done so many of them. I know the doctors we are going to see, at least most of them. I know the phlebotomist down the lab. We have the same people in the lab every single time, the same main lady at least, right? She's always there. I know the research coordinators. Even when they change, I still know them. I know the best food in the cafeteria. I know the shortcuts to take around the hospital, right? Like I know the bridges that go between the different buildings. I know the special little areas like the outdoor basketball court on the roof, right? I know how to do this. I also know what questions they're going to ask me, what topics they're going to bring up. But still, it never fails that after one of these trips, I just feel down. And they're always like a reminder, right, to our reality and to the reality of the things to come in the future, some hard things, just some really hard things to deal with. And of course, this trip was no different. We discussed the potential need for like a baclofen pump for Leo down the road to help him manage his tone, Uh, you know, things like that. We were asked to, if we've looked into lifts for Kira in our home, and we talked at length the pros and cons of procedures that could either potentially help my son's comfort levels or potentially cause him respiratory failure. Like those are really big, hard conversations to have. Especially whenever they're just about this little, you know, seven-year-old boy who's sitting there, who's just chilling and just happy and wants to watch Bluey and wants everyone to shut up so he can hear the TV in, you know, in his little room (laughs) there at the the doctor's office. It's at the hospital, but, you know, like in their clinic area. But after our full day of appointments, so the first day we do just like blood work and things like that, it's what they ended up actually doing is they put in an IV. We haven't had to do this in a long time, but we had to do it this trip. They put in an IV and they draw blood from it multiple times throughout the day to test different levels of different things. I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you all the details of it, but PK study, that's what it's called. (laughs) But I realized that after our appointment day, which is the second day there, I was just feeling worse than normal. I was just like in a really bad mood. I didn't want to be around anyone after that day. I didn't want to go out with the family and enjoy dinner, right? And this is the first time that our daughter has gotten to go with us to Philadelphia. And so we're trying to fit a lot of fun things in alongside all the hospital trips, which are 
boring for her. She did great, though. But I just really, I didn't want to do any of it. I wanted to curl up in a little ball after that day of appointments, and I just wanted to hide under the covers with a box of chocolate chip cookies from the Wawa gas station. Shout out, if you're from Philadelphia, you know the Wawa gas stations. And I just wanted to watch Netflix. I wanted to be alone. I just wanted to hole up and just mope. I didn't want to feel my emotions. I just wanted to just meh. (laughs) If I could describe how I was feeling in a word, that would be it. Meh. Which, of course, is not a word. But no matter how much I may have wanted all of that mehness, it was completely impossible in our little tiny hotel room. But I did settle for a hot bath and a good cry. But on the journey back home, like, I was kind of thinking about this. I was like, why did I feel so crappy after that appointment day? I started to question what was actually going on for me because it was a little bit more than normal. Nothing was really, nothing really hard was talked about. I've had a lot worse conversations with doctors. But I just knew that it was something more than just sadness for what my son was going through right? There was definitely something else there that I couldn't put my finger on until I did a little bit of digging. And whenever I did a little bit of that digging, I realized it was shame. I felt like I was failing. I felt like I wasn't doing enough. The same exact thing that I have spent hundreds of hours coaching clients on over the past few years, right? I'm not immune to it either. And after some reflection and some journaling, the shame, I realized it felt very similar to like getting berated as a child over something that you didn't do or didn't mean to do. It felt like I was in trouble, like I had done a bad job and like I was now getting punished for it. I felt, it felt very insecure, very unsafe. And it all came back to a single five-minute conversation I had with a new doctor. And long story short, on that day, I had a raging case of heartburn. (laughs) And since we really have no clue what time providers will show up to our room, like on these clinic days, you are just put into a room and people just come and go. I've had it spread out over a matter of like eight hours. We've had it spread out over just two hours. You have no idea but my heartburn was awful. I even asked the research coordinator who kind of takes you around, tells you where you need to be at this hospital at all the different times of the day. (laughs) I even asked her, I was like, where can I get some Tums? Like I am miserable. And so my husband, he took my daughter. They're like, we're going to go find you some Tums. We'll be right back. We're just going to run down to the pharmacy. It's here in the hospital in a different building, but it's all connected. It's like, we're just going to run and do that. And hopefully no one will come in. And of course, right, if you ever want to get a doctor to come in, leave the room. If you are in a hospital and you are impatient, especially if you are, your child is in the hospital and you want the physician to come around on his rounds, leave. That's what, that's what gets him in. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it just never fails. <laughs> it's like if you wash your car, you want it to rain, wash your car. <laughs> so of course, as soon as my husband leaves... In comes this brand new doctor that I've never seen before, along with a handful of what I'm guessing are residents or something. Now, new doctors with groupie of residents, that's absolutely nothing new to me. That's old news. No big deal. I would just show her how wonderful we were all doing, how good of a job I was doing, how we didn't need her help, and then she'd be on her way. Now, looking back... (laughs) 
I am realizing that this was literally the subconscious messaging I had playing in my head in that moment for whatever reason. I wanted to show her that we were already doing everything right. I wanted to just just show her that. But then, before I even knew what specialty she was, which if I'm going to be completely honest here, I'm sure, I'm 99% sure she told me, but between my heartburn and my exhaustion, it just went in one ear and out the other. Before I even knew what specialty she was, she was asking me question after question, rapid fire. And these weren't normal questions that I'm used to answering, like, oh, his medical history. How was the birth? You know, I could answer those. We've answered those a million times over. <laughs> but these were ones that threw me for a freaking loop. They made me wish I had gone to get my own Tums and left my husband here to answer. She asked me questions about how we knew if Leo was in pain or uncomfortable. Right, that's fine, that's easy. But she wanted to know details, specifics on how he communicates things to us. And if others, like at school, would recognize these same things, or if we used a checklist. She wanted details about past x-rays with dates and results, what percentage his hip was out, which one was out, which all these things, what date it was out, I don't know. She wanted details about medical decisions our local doctors had made and the reasoning behind them, asking me if we have looked into this treatment or if we've looked into that treatment, if I've heard of this, if I've heard of that, and I just sort of froze, right? If I could have ran, I would have. But in that moment, my survival brain was activated. My brain decided that this doctor and her questions were a threat, and I was in full-blown freeze mode. I turned into that like deer in the headlights, just sort of mumbling and panicky when I didn't know the answer to something. I felt so defensive and judged and just blindsided by this woman who thought she knew it all. How dare she come into our room like she was a top physician at the top children's hospital in the nation. Oh, wait, because she was. <laughs> I wanted, but in that moment, listen, guys, in that moment, none of that occurred to me because I wanted to prove to her that we were doing a good job, that we were doing everything we can, that I knew it all. I wanted to prove to her that I was a good mom and caregiver. And when she made these suggestions, I took it to mean that we were doing it wrong or poorly. I took her advice to mean that I was a bad mom. And after she left, my husband returned. He asked, oh, what did she say? And I could only relay like a couple of things. The rest just kind of felt blurry and jumbled. Like I couldn't recount all the details of the specific things we discussed. And the rest of our day, it just went on normal, right? No more deer in the headlights, no more survival brain takeovers. But later on that week, right, when we're on the plane, riding back on the plane, and I just, I started to dissect what had happened that day and why I was feeling so crappy about the trip. And I realized what was going on. I was trying to get this gold star from this new doctor. And I felt like instead I had been given like a B minus, which in my world, let's just go back to, you know, perfectionism more. And I'm a recovering perfectionist, guys. It's kind of like an addict, like you're always going to be in recovery, right? I 
felt like, I mean, B minus is just not good enough, right? It was not good. I needed perfection. I needed the A plus gold star. And that's what I was trying to get from this doctor. I have this whole story about how judgmental she was and how she just wanted to tell me all of the things I was doing wrong. But these were just thoughts I had, not facts. And these thoughts caused me to feel defensive. It triggered my survival brain activation, my nervous system's freeze response. So an exercise I like to do with my clients when they're upset about a situation that has happened to them is to write out the story and then go back through it, separating thoughts from facts. Facts are facts. They are true no matter what. No opinion involved. They would hold up in a court of law. Thoughts, on the other hand, are just sentences in our brains. They're beliefs, interpretations, opinions. And our thoughts are not facts. They're not true. You get to choose if you believe them or not. That's the fun part. So when I went back over my story with this judgy physician, I realized that she was not judgy at all. She didn't say a single rude or unkind thing. She didn't say I was doing it wrong. She didn't say anything negative, actually. She was actually quite pleasant and kind. And she did her job. Her job was to help my son. If she hadn't asked me all of those questions and instead just assumed that she knew the answers, or if she hadn't given me suggestions of things to try, then she wouldn't be doing her job. She wouldn't be helping Leo. Her job is to help make Leo's life easier, more comfortable. Her job is not to validate me and what I am doing as his mom. Her job is to know more than me, not judge me for not being an expert like her. I'm not a doctor. I'm not supposed to know these things. Whenever I took off my interpretation colored glasses here, I realized that the story I had told myself about this interaction was not the truth. It was just a story that my brain had concocted and ran with. And it was an error in my thinking, a thought error. I had no clue what she was thinking about me or my abilities. And frankly, it really is none of my business what she thought about me. The only thing that really mattered was what she thought about my child and what she, you know, and what could help him. But for all I know, like just playing devil's advocate here, she could have been thinking, oh wow, she's a wonderful mom. She want, she, maybe she wanted to give me some sort of suggestions, or maybe she, maybe she was scared that if she didn't tell me something, give me something to try, something new, then she'd be a bad doctor for not, right? It's almost like the flip side of it. Our brains are always so sure everyone is thinking the worst of us, but chances are they're probably worried about the exact same thing from you. In that appointment, I was exhausted, right? We had had a very, very awful travel experience. <laughs> it was, I was bad. I had gotten very little sleep the night before, a few nights before. I was in pain from my severe heartburn. I don't know what that was about. And all of that, right? I was not in a great, great place. And all of that resulted in that insecure inner mean girl taking over, telling me that I wasn't good enough and that this doctor was here to prove it. 
It also resulted in me not doing what was best for my son. From my attempt to prove that I was doing what was best, that I was doing everything I can and that I was doing a good job, I wasn't doing a good job, right? I wasn't listening. I wasn't taking the advice or considering this opinion of this expert in front of me. I wasn't focused on my son and what was best for him. I was focused on myself. Now, I am not going to beat myself up for that because this is exactly what doctor's notes are for. And she had a scribe there in the room typing it all up for us. So it's okay. I have all the information still. (laughs) But you can see that this is what can happen when we let our thought errors take over without questioning them. We can miss out on doing what we truly desire and what is best. It can really hurt relationships. It can really affect your life if you don't see that the stories we tell ourselves are not facts. It'll end up causing us to endure unnecessary suffering, allowing that interpretation we have about a situation to cloud over the rest of our day and ruin it and make you want to just stay in the hotel room and cry into a blanket and eat some cookies, right? (laughs) But once I did the work of uncovering that story I was telling myself here, it all seemed very silly. It was almost like, oh, wow. That's what that was going on. Okay, right? I was able to look at it from a distance. I was able to look at it from a place of just no judgment. Not for myself, not for her, just very factual, right? The shame I had felt disappeared completely. The defensiveness, that melted away. Because we can always decide what version of a story that we want to believe. All right, my friends, that is all I have for you today. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.